0: greenburn my name is brian hughes and i am sitting here talking to my good friends tim elliott say hi tim hello and nigel Spink. say hi nigel hello there you're all the way across the pond but you sound like you're next door actually you sound like you're in the other room <laughs> but uh, also i got jujitsu kaizen playing in the other room so you know it could be anybody <laughs> So how's it going, guys? It's been so long since I've been on a show. I, I feel kind of like I've been, you know, like like
1: iPod faded or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it has been quite a while since you've been on, Brian. So we 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 certainly have missed missed your voice and your wit. Um, so uh, i glad to have you that. back.
0: Yeah, I just you know, there's so much going on with getting the move in here and uh, still trying to get settled in, still living out of boxes. Uh, but you know, I, I got the important things, you know, in place and going, but it's just, you know, the, the, uh, day-to-day stuff. And I just, I'm, I'm constantly in the rooms with the boxes trying to figure stuff out. I did, uh, I did purge some more, uh, comics that were, uh, neither super high value or sentimental to me. And, uh, I, I've been doing a little, um, you know, uh, Trying to, trying to yeah, get, get stuff out that I didn't necessarily. fact is, earlier today, uh, at the urging of a friend of mine, Weldon Adams, um, I went to Heritage Auctions. They had like an open house where you could bring in. It's like Antiques Roadshow. You can bring in you know, specific items and they'll appraise them for you. And uh, I brought in the Meerschaum Superman pipe that I've got the uh, Spider-Man web shooter that Max Kirkland made and Stan Lee autographed. And then um, I had that one page of original art from Teen Titans 19. I think it's page 17. And it's like uh, the page that features Dr. Light uh, escaping from whatever and going to a secret lair. And um, I, I, I got kind of like like an unusual you know, reaction. they, they thought that, that the stuff that, I mean, the page is something that they see all the time, but it turns out if you want to bring in comic pages for them to auction, you need to have a bunch, you know, not just one. And so they weren't really interested in taking that on for a consignment or anything to, to auction off. So I guess I'd have to look into, in, into that myself if I wanted to do that.
1: Well, do and you have then the other, what? R- just real quick. Do you have to, uh, have any kind of letter of authenticity or anything like that?
0: Not for original comic book art. It's it's. I mean, they they would basically vet it out to make sure it's legitimate. Yeah. But I mean, the the thing is, it's all right there. It's it's got the actual original signature of the artist, and and such, and it's got all the little letter marks that DC puts on the pages, you know, when they're done, and then all the work that right. goes into adding the lettering and everything else. So it's it it would be a lot of effort to fake a page like that, and you know again, there's so many pages out there. Why would you want to fake something like that do you Why would anybody even try because it's so hard to get money out for these things anyway um but I mean, you're looking at you know maybe a couple hundred hours' work for a page that could get you maybe three thousand dollars, you know, yeah. So I I don't know that someone will want to try and and fake that unless that's just their skill set and they like faking stuff. Um, but the uh, the web shooter they thought that was a really really cool artifact, but they didn't see that there was going to be like any great you know value or anything for it since Stan signs Stan would sign an olive if you handed it to him.
1: Pretty much. You know, in
0: the day I mean he had people bring Batman comics for him to sign and you know, the fire hydrant and who knows what else. So um, him having signed that really didn't bring any more gravitas or, or uh, uh, value to it. And so that wasn't really anything. The pipe, however, was just one thing. It's like everybody's looking at it going, I've never seen anything like this before because it's a Mearsham pipe carved with Superman on it. And Meerschaum pipes themselves are, you know, a, a, there's a market out there. There's a niche market out there, but the most expensive ones of those are, you know, just several hundred dollars. So they wouldn't know how to value something like this. It's one of a kind. Uh, it doesn't look like any particular artist. If it did, it would be more like, um, you know, one of the more early, early ones. Uh because it doesn't look like burn or anyone, even though I gave them burn art to use as the example, and so they're just like, we we really wouldn't know, you know, how to how to put this out there, and so if I wanted to sell it, I'd have to find a way myself to do it. Then, I figured I'd, I'd get something like that, but I just kind of wanted to see what they would say.
1: Yeah, doesn't hurt to doesn't hurt to ask if they're nope, available nope. there. Um. Nope. Cool.
0: Yeah. And since we're recording at night, uh, at least here in the states, we're recording at night. I'm drinking right now. I'm having a nice couple of beers. <laughs> and Nigel, you're what, what time is it where you're at right now?
2: It's ten forty-seven in the morning.
0: In the morning, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So. so,
0: yeah. And it's Sunday while we're is, on Saturday. So yeah, Sunday. so a bit early
2: for beer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, don't don't tell me what's what happens though, because I want to be surprised <laughs> when it actually does. Uh, <laughs> anything. <laughs> so, um, in the future, what are we discussing today,
1: Tim? Well, because the time of recording, uh, the movie, the Marvels was released two yesterday, mm-hmm. so I thought, you know, third degree burn is not above shameless plugs and <laughs> coattail riding. So I thought, well, let's cover. Uh, a Miss Marvel or Carol Danvers book and what better than Marvel team up number 62 where Spidey teams up with Miss Marvel who is now known as Captain Marvel back when she was her, she first came about so yeah. <clears throat> this was kind of an impromptu uh, show so I did together a synopsis and invited everybody and Brian and Niger the only two that wanted to come on we're grateful for that
0: Well, only two so, that were able to come on
1: that, yeah. true that's true. Kirk is Kirk. Usually has to work Saturday. Dave's got kids. Um, John's busy doing some stuff. But he's been John's been busy recording with Nigel. We're gonna yeah, plug there. Gonna say,
2: yeah, yeah, John said he wanted to. He'd like to be on, but he didn't know whether he'd make it. He might. He might show up uh, at the eleventh hour.
1: That's and that's perfectly he, fine.
2: He said I, I. I had to mention him in case he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we've been recording uh, the uh, X Men Hidden Years, and I think room. there
1: is a yeah. episode did, of, that coming, a great, coming, great of that coming coming soon.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you're probably going to get two together, Tim. Oh, you, you'll probably get two and three from John.
1: Oh, uh, well, we'll he just have. Needed
2: a... to, he just needed to do some editing or something, yeah. and then
1: he said he send them. Yeah, cool. We never yeah, had yeah, backlog. But... We never have backlog stories. Before
0: we uh, dig into it, though, there's uh, there's something I wanted to bring up that I thought was really really interesting. Um, if if you guys don't know, I'm I'm now admin on the Genius of John Byrne forum and Facebook, and so you know I, there there's a lot of posts that come in there that are interesting. A lot a lot of it's mostly people just reposting artwork and talking about what they love about it, or you know starting a conversation or starting an argument and uh but today someone posted um a uh, link to a uh statue that's coming out next month pure arts is putting out um dc hero superman classic pvc one eight size statue and this is um a statue of john burns superman from the last page of Man of Steel number six. And it is just gorgeous. They really caught the essence of what Byrne did there. They even had like the little smoke stuff coming up there from the rocks around him, behind him. Uh, I thought it was a r- really impressive uh, piece. John Byrne lamented the fact that um, if Paul Levitz had been running things at DC Comics, that he would be getting, a, getting his own version of this. Someone would have sent him to, send it to him by now, but they didn't. And so uh, I guess they're they they uh, they're not being that nice to John right now. But um, the other thing that was really funny about this is the guy who posted this, um, Ambrose Quintanilla, uh, when he first found this, uh, the, the ads for it, uh, they actually had... A John Byrne autograph above the piece, only it wasn't our John Byrne's autograph. It was the uh, John Byrne that was married to Tilda Swinton that uh, we we highlighted on our April Fool show a couple years back. <laughs> they put the wrong signature on it. <clears throat> wow! Wow! <laughs> they since taken that part of it down, so it's not on there anymore. But uh, I thought that crazy. was I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, and I, I I didn't say anything to it to, to burn himself about it. I just showed him that uh, that the, the current link as it is. <laughs> but um, he he would have gotten he would have been probably annoyed by that.
1: But oh, I would uh, think so. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to anyway. Uh,
0: anyway, I thought that was cool.
1: Before we kind of get started, I want to. Uh, Mentioned you, uh, Nigel. You meant you made a comment on somebody had posted a Wolverine T-shirt. You commented yeah. that it looked like it was from the Japanese market because of some of the lettering at the bottom of it.
2: Possibly, yeah, yeah. Because at the bottom, where well, it looks like it says X-Men, um, but the apart from the X, the first letter that would be M, of course, if it was in English, it's the Japanese katakana character for me Hmm. and so i'm assuming well i can see part of the next letter but only a little bit but it looks looks like the of the japanese katakana so together x me is how they would read it so yeah and i thought well I can't see them putting it on in katakana if they're not going to try and sell it to the Japanese. There won't be much point, I don't think, in mm. selling it just in America with the Japanese katakana on it.
1: I wonder if it's mm. a I wonder if it was an import and they just didn't edit it
2: or mm, change maybe. it.
0: Possibly. Well, I mean, it's but, it's got the Marvel uh, stamp on it, you know, on the on yeah. the, the label. Yeah. Um, so it's it's official Marvel and it's an XLT. So that's like. Extra large and long for tall guys. Yeah,
1: Uh, big and tall. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's for me. me. That's the Wolverine image from uh, (laughs) yeah, Attack on. Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But it's 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 turned upright, so Mm. it looks like he's he's going up rather than slice slashing across the page.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm sure that's just to make it fit and better on the on the shirt. Yeah,
2: but I've never seen I've never seen that shirt in in a Japanese shop anywhere around here anyway. Also, I would have probably bought it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's not, It the based on the, that picture, it looks like it's on a place with carpet. Mm. So it's not a Walmart or anything like that. So that's typically where you're seeing a lot of the Marvel T-shirts. Maybe it's Kohl's. Did somebody not put, I thought there was a name at yeah, the top of Yeah, it's the, at. um. Oh, Belk.
2: And, yeah, Belk. Belk. I didn't. I didn't recognize that. But yeah, I don't know what Belk is.
1: It's hmm. a. I think it's like a Marshalls or a TJ Maxx or something like that. Ross for less. Yeah. Or a okay. Ross. I think it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just a quick, a quick tangent on that. When we were in Tokyo, I wanted to buy, yeah. a baseball hat, and I thought, okay, well, you, I could find it in any kind of department store or any place like that. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, we actually had to go to a stadium, uh, I guess in Tokyo. I don't remember. To, and it was like a, a, a store, you know, like attached to the stadium that had all their sporting yeah. stuff in it. And I thought that was odd that we had to go there instead of I couldn't just go into like their version of like a Walmart or a Target. And I would find, because mm-hmm. I wanted a, a Tokyo Giants hat. I found oh, yeah. one. But yeah. and now I wish I'd bought... Um, a Hiroshima carp hat when I was there I did yeah. And I wish I'd bought one of those.
2: Uh, do you um, like that?
0: Yeah, I just thought it was interesting, <laughs> you know, just the, mm-hmm. yeah. Do they have yeah. Texas Rangers hats in uh in Japan?
2: I've not I'd, seen one, but I am sure could it. probably get one somewhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean they should have a World Series champion in <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. You know, yeah. Sorry, I have to I have to cheer about that every time I,
2: get, I get Texas, the uh they won the, I, yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't even know they were playing Texas until we started ranges. that. Yeah. All right. Our are we ready to uh, – are you guys ready to talk time. some uh, Marvel team up? Yeah. Yes, we yes. are. All right. Uh, well, real quick, and I'm just I'm going to admit this. This is my first time to read this. I had flipped through it and kind of looked at it, and I own it. But it's the first time I sat down and actually read this issue. So uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. I assume both of you had probably already read it.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd read uh, this in the previous issue, um, which, of course, this is a continuation story. Yeah. Um, the yeah, previous plot issue plot was two. Johnny Storm uh, or Human Torch, Human Torch. fighting – Human Torch and Spider-Man fighting uh, Super Scroll. So, I mean, that's where the, the story started from. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's go ahead, Brian. No, I, I'm
0: am just, I'm just, I'm sitting there because I'm, I'm like going through the the trade paper back, and um, I was just making sure that the uh, the wasp and yellow jacket story from the issue before didn't um, didn't have the super scroll in there, and uh, they didn't they didn't even hint at it, really. Uh, in, in the previous story but it starts in the same place that that story ends
1: well this is you know a lot of times and we would cover team ups in pairs and a lot of times you'll have it's a two parter they just switch who he's teamed up with he teams up with this guy in first book then it's part two and he teams up but in this one it actually continues this last issue continued from the um, Equinox story which was Wasp mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, Yellow Jacket, and it leads yeah. right into this these two storylines. Right, there's like no break. And,
0: and in in the the Human Torch issue, uh, they do have a cameo of Carol Danvers uh, on board a boat, seeing what's going on. Right, I'm wondering they, if they she needs up. to get involved. Yeah. um And then, of course, uh, you know, on board
2: a boat, Brian, on board a boat. Is that the best you can do? It's the QE2. i not yeah. Oh, that's right,
0: the QE2, yeah. (laughs) It's the Queen
2: Elizabeth II. Cunard line. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's funny because the the cover image makes the QE2 look like a, a wooden... <laughs> Both, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it's not very flattering, is it? That's, that's a Gil Kane thing. We'll just leave. Yeah. Yep. But, um, it's a... yeah, I mean, Johnny gets so injured fighting the Super Scroll that he can't continue. Spidey has to do what he does to try and save the day. And that's where we continue on into this one.
1: Yeah. He's the Spidey has already been fighting the Super Scroll with. The human torch in a previous issue. So, this is just him now going alone before he teams up with Miss Marvel when she comes into the story.
0: Now, I will confess this my full experience with the Super Scroll and any Scrolls has basically only been really through burn. And so, I don't know of the Super Scrolls' activity his early days as a, as a foe of the fantastic four, I don't know a whole lot about all that. So it's, it's something I'm interested in looking back at, because this raised some questions with me on, on the coloring, but I think it's probably just the way it's supposed to be.
1: Well, yeah, there's something I'm going to bring up about when he's mimicking powers about yeah, the way things it's drawn exactly. differently. It's drawn differently, yeah. different, different versions of it. But, Hey, uh, right. let's get in. This is, as uh, I said, Marvel Team Up issue number sixty-two. It had a cover price of a whopping thirty cents.
0: Twelve Uh
1: Our writer is is <laughs> our writer is Chris Claremont. Our artist is John Byrne. Our anchor is Dave Hunt, who did the majority of Byrne's run. I think he did ten issues when he was, of this run that Byrne was doing. Our colorist is also Dave Hunt. Our letterer is John Costanza. And it lists uh, Gaspar Saladino. Our cover art, uh, as Brian mentioned, is Gil Kane and Mike Esposito. And our ed- our editor is Archie Goodwin. Uh, release date of July 26, 1977. And a cover date of October 1977. Uh, this is only 17 pages. It's kind of a short story. Uh, this is reprinted. This has been reprinted several times. Uh, Marvel Tales, number 196. Fantastic Four Visionaries John Byrne Volume Zero. Essential Marvel Team Up Number Three. Fantastic Four John Byrne Omnibus One. Miss Marvel Epic Collection This Woman, This Warrior. True Believers Captain Marvel, Spider Man, and Miss Marvel Number One. And Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, A Hero Is Born Omnibus. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's been. Now,
0: there is a Marvel Team Up by Claremont and Byrne trade paperback. And I checked it out. It looks like it's available on Amazon in Kindle format for sixteen ninety
1: nine. Hmm.
0: Where you can't find the trade paperback, uh, you you probably could find it at used bookstore, half price book, something like that. But if you try to buy it online, it's going to be like ninety bucks.
1: Well, so there's not, and I don't have it listed here. I got this off um, Mike's Amazing World. Yeah. There's now there's a... also
0: a thirty five cent variant cover.
1: Yes, there 35 was thirty five cent yeah.
0: variant. And as far as value, that one is twice the value of the $0.30 cent cover version.
1: Those so always are. The, yeah. Uh, there's not a team-up omnibus, is there? Uh,
0: no, there's a the John Byrne omnibus, which has it.
1: Right, but not just a just a, an omnibus that has all the team-up in it, like over three, maybe three I'm volumes. Yeah, it's yeah. too bad. Uh, our other Byrne books at the time... He did the cover art with Terry Austin for supervillain team up number 14. And that's that one where they're
0: all worshiping doom. doom.
1: And a book that we've already covered in our very first episode, Avengers Mm -hmm. 164.
0: Count Nefaria, or actually the
1: Lethal Mm -hmm. Legion Yep, leading into Count Nefaria. That's uh, his artwork with Pablo Marcos. Um, All right. Our synopsis and I just I didn't write this myself I cribbed it right off the uh, wiki so uh, it is what it is Marvel team up number 62 titled all this in the qe2 <laughs> spider-man has failed to stop the super scroll from his rampage and now has to face the insanely powerful scroll alone see issue 61 however as they fight on spider-man notices that the super scrolls power is weakening when a power line burns up and snaps loose, Super Skrull realizes that the electrical wires above are blocking a transmission beam from space that gives him his powers. Striking the electrical generator with a flame blast, the Super Skrull causes an explosion that knocks Spider-Man out and covers his escape. Pulling himself out of the wreckage, Spider-Man learns from Gene DeWolf that the Super Skrull is attacking the cruise ship the Queen Elizabeth II. This just happens to be the very ship that Carol Danvers is aboard, covering a story for Woman Magazine. Actually, that's not true, because I think it that she was on vacation. Mm. The Super Scroll has sought out a clay statue in the possession of an antique dealer, Josiah Rubin. Smashing the statue open, he finds a special coverite crystal inside that can power a star drive. Upon exiting Rubin's ship, the Super Skrull is attacked by Miss Marvel. The fight takes them to the deck of the ship, where Miss Marvel manages to not only get the upper hand against the Super scroll, but also to knock the jewel from his hands. As she recovers it, she recognizes it as being similar to the one presently being studied by NASA. She is distracted long enough for the Super scroll to attack her from behind, punching her so hard she goes flying towards the Statue of Liberty, where she is rescued by Spider-Man. He snags her with a webline and pulls her back down to the ship. Intrigued as to how the Super Skrull was weakened due to the disruption of the power lines, Miss Marvel sends Spider-Man to distract the Super Skrull by taunting their foe with the crystal. As Spider-Man keeps the Super Skrull occupied, Miss Marvel wraps electrical wires around the top of the ship to create a more concentrated interruption of the scroll's powers and arranges with the ship's captain to feed electricity through it. Spider-Man has meanwhile fled to the ship's bilge to get away from the Super Scroll. However, the alien manages to catch up to him. Spider-Man lures him into a parking level of the ship where he traps the villain with Miss Marvel and electrifies the grid she built outside the ship. As Miss Marvel battles the weakened alien and ultimately ends up throwing the crystal at the Super Skrull when he has been pinned with when she has been pinned with a car. It makes contact with the Super Scroll's body while she orders Spider-Man to turn off the jamming grid. The combination of the resumed energy flow. And the crystals causes the super Scroll to be teleported to some random place in space. Spider Man breaks through the door to find that the super Scroll is gone, but the crystal has remained behind. Picking up, Miss Marvel suddenly feels mesmerized by the crystal, and it suddenly floods her mind with millions of images of her split personality of Carol Danvers and Miss Marvel. The End. Very good. Yeah, thank you. I didn't write it, but good. did my best to read it. Um. So he became one with everything. Yeah, kind of like a hot dog. Yeah. He uh, yeah. This kind of starts a a pattern that, and I'm not going to spoil future uh scroll appearances. But it kind of starts a pattern of them Marvel kind of taking they bring him in, use him in a the story, then they take him off the board in some convoluted way, and then they kind of bring him back when they want to use him, then they take him off again. So that's a kind of a pattern, you know. In the future, uh, I will say that we we did a um, we did a uh, follow up to this. I wrote a note down. Hold on. Episode twenty four, Brian and I covered Alpha Flight number ten,
0: is a direct mm-hmm.
1: sequel to this story involving the Superscroll. So I will post a link to that when we post this show, so if you'd like to hear more about the Super Scroll, you can listen to that early episode.: I think I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably uh, uh, it's probably no crude to what we're doing now, but uh, Brian, you said that all your knowledge of the Super Scroll comes through uh, the Burniverse. Yeah, all my m- knowledge of Miss Marvel comes from this. Episode of this issue because I knew very little about her. Um, I think I've got one or two of her issues, but
0: yeah, and and it her series was all written by Chris Claremont, wasn't it?
1: He did write the one that they're referencing in here. They reference uh the events and this kind of a follow after, I think, issue seven of her book, and he was uh, yeah. Chris Klummer was writing it. Byrne wasn't drawing it. But um, right. um, apparently when she started, you know, her background is she was a Air Force pilot or Air Force uh, um, security agent or intelligent agent or something, like a spy. And she came in contact with Marvell and some device kind of imprinted his powers and his memory or brainwave patterns onto her. But because of that, it gave her a split personality so that when she turns into Miss Marvel, she doesn't remember being Carol Danvers and vice versa. So that went on for a while, I think until they corrected it in her book.
0: That was caused by exposure to a psych like magnetron. Oh, right. In Captain That's, Marvel 18. Yeah. Because and we definitely explored that further. Miss Marvel 11
1: uh i think that carries on from the very end of this when she starts having kind of a she starts seeing images in the crystal i think that's because of her split personality and that carries on into her book but she what we didn't mention is when spider-man first sees her he thinks she's captain marvel because her costume is similar and then he she's tell corrects him and says no you know i'm miss marvel or she calls whatever she says um she didn't realize that it was he um, goes, um, hey, you're a girl <laughs> and the yeah. term is woman, friend. <laughs> but you got the right idea. And he re- So this is their first meeting between Miss Marvel and Spider-Man. Yeah. And of course, Carol Danvers would go on to uh, she would go on to lose her powers to Rogue from the X-Men.
0: She'd join the Avengers first. And um, yeah. she would, uh, while a member of the Avengers in the infamous issue 200, she would be um, hypnotized and raped by Kyle uh, Marcus, who was uh, supposed to be some version of the Mortis or a variant <clears throat> of the Mortis, and uh, takes her away to his dimension. Well, after she has the baby that grows up and it's him, and he reveals who he is and everything. She goes with him to live off in his dimension, says goodbye to the Avengers, and they don't put up any protest or, or anything or whatnot, and they let her go. And then she comes back in Avengers Annual 10, which was written by Chris Claremont, which was also where they introduced us to Rogue and to Madeline Pryor. Yep. Madeline Pryor was just an infant at the time in that issue, for whatever reason and uh, this is where rogue steals her powers and uh, carol danvers does get her memory and everything returned by charles xavier but she lost all the um, emotional uh, content of that as a result but she she's still pretty ticked off at the avengers for what they let her do that they didn't even question any of that they just let her go
1: so she left the avengers and then when she came back, then she lost her power to Rogue? hmm Is that when she's wearing the black and yellow costume? Yeah. Okay. And then, at some point, she becomes binary. Yeah.
2: As,
1: uh, As is that a result X-
0: It's a, No, no. It was in an X-Men, X-Men story where mm-hmm. she just, while she was out there in the cosmos, undergoing everything else that the X-Men was doing in a fight with the Brood, Um, that uh, she just like became one with the cosmos and got that power. I don't remember exactly how she got it,
1: I don't,
0: but she she came uh, back to Earth and you know, kicked the snot out of Rogue just as Rogue (laughs) was trying to join the X Men.
1: Well, also, I think at the time, probably the time she left the Avengers, that might have been when we got the other Captain Marvel, um, Monica Monica Rambo, Rambo, yeah, who was in who was in Mm -hmm. the Marvels, Mm -hmm. movie we're kind of tying into.
0: Yeah, and I missed a joke by Aaron Henley the other day where he mentioned Captain Photon. I was (laughs) um, showing off my Photon uh, story uh, novels that Peter David wrote under the the ghost name uh, David Peters, or pseudonym David Peters, and uh, Aaron had asked if it was about Captain Photon.
1: (laughs) That's a Star Trek reference, right? In that Captain Photon? Uh, it
0: might be, but he was talking about in the the current Monica Rambeau or one of the Ra- Monica Rambeau um, identities. Yeah, I Captain think they. Photon.
1: I think in Marvels they they don't outright call her Photon. They don't call her obviously they don't call her Captain Marvel. I don't know what they they give her a a, a name or not. But
0: I thought she was just Photon.
1: She may be because Captain Marvel became Photon later, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because it was kind of an in-joke in uh, I watched Shazam: Shazam Fury of the Gods last night, mm-hmm. and the kind of running joke through that is uh, the Billy Batson keeps saying he kind of laments that I don't have a name. I don't even have a name. And of course, he gets a name at the end. And and I was telling. So my wife had said, "Well, they can't call him Captain Marvel <clears throat> because DC lost that name to to Marvel, mm-hmm. who you know in their lawsuit, so they can't even call Shazam, because he was never called Shazam; he was always Captain Marvel." Right. Tell so he was Shazam in a TV show, I think. And and he?
0: they came up with that years and years and years before there was Marvel Comics.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. They that so. that basically they've lost the rights to their own character. But well, well, Nigel, what would have uh, sorry. Wrong for DC to own. True. <laughs> um, Nigel, what do you think? We've been kind of talking too much over, but so. Uh... <laughs> yeah.
2: What What do I think about this?
1: Yeah. What do you story? think of the story?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I like. I've I've had this issue for a long time. Uh, read it several times. The two part story. Yeah, I think it's really good. Uh, and nice artwork and everything as usual. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I think Maybe the artwork ahead. is. Um, I yeah. I love the way Burn draws the Super Scroll. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank I think know. he's
0: he's got the definitive image for the Super Scroll, regardless of what anybody else has done.
2: Yeah. I. Uh, Like you said earlier, Tim, I didn't I didn't know a lot about Ms. Marvel. Uh, I had read, I read a few of the early stories of that title. Uh, So, you know, when she first started and she was working at the Daily Bugle as head of the woman's magazine. And I think she fought Scorpion in the first, in her first issue. Um and then yeah. and then of course she was in she was she appeared in this in this story, so that was probably the next time that I knew anything about what she was up to and then later on in her run, uh when she changed into her next costume the the black costume, I got one or two of the last few issues before the title folded.
1: Well, it's funny. Yeah. I've got uh, the, the. I think it was she, her book had only been out for about a year at yeah. the time this issue came out, so she was yeah. relatively new to the Marvel yeah. Universe. Yeah, um, I think she just.
2: I know. I just read a story where she was involved. She was fighting against uh, Deathbird from yeah. you know from the Shire <laughs> from Lilandra's yeah. sister, and Modok was involved in that story as well. That was. Two or three part that was quite good, yeah, well and then have... as you say, you've covered the rest of what happened to her uh, eventually. yeah, she joined the Avengers and then yeah then lost everything
1: well, apparently, and I think I had read this maybe years ago that she was when they oh. introduced her, she was uh, kind of spider-man like in that she did work for the bugle or she worked for. Woman Magazine, yeah. which was, I think, owned by the yeah, Bugle. She, parts so,
2: of the Bugle, yeah.
1: Yeah, so she had dealings with um, yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah. Who, at one point, asked her, as Carol Danvers, to discredit Captain Marvel. So, yeah. it's a little mm-hmm. like Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Peter Parker yeah. sells yeah. his image to a man who hates Spider-Man, and yeah. you know, it's kind of got that I- irony behind same it. Same kind
2: but... of, yeah, same kind yeah. of connection. But one thing I didn't, I never read the Captain Marvel issues where she became, where she got the powers and became Ms. Marvel. Yeah, that's I never uh, actually it's... read that one. I've only read about it in like uh, flashbacks in other stories and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah or, I'd never or, even seen her origin myself.
2: Yeah,
1: mm. I've got uh, it's funny at the, the I next do, issue, I do after, remember it, yeah.
2: yeah, I do remember it, actually from uh, some stories with Kazar in the Savage Land. She was like an agent, secret agent of some kind,
1: yeah, she, and they mm-hmm. they have retconned her later to be that her mother was an actual cree warrior who was mm-hmm. on earth for the sole purpose of having you know hooking up with a human and having a, a hybrid kid
0: so oh, you know oh. you
1: know so at first mm-hmm. i think in this as in what we're reading now she just thinks she's cree because she's got marvel's memories but i guess yeah. later it's 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 right on yeah. that she yeah. is which mm-hmm you know mm. kind of fits closer with um uh, <laughs> the first captain marvel movie yeah mm.
2: so they re- so in that i didn't know about that but that that's just reminded me so they repeated that kind of thing with jack of hearts because he turned out to be oh, his mother know. his mother was an alien yeah um, that, Married jack of her and,
0: is yeah. a sore spot with me <laughs> you know and I, I mean the, the thing is, the thing is is like I, I actually like the miniseries Jack of Hearts, except yeah. for the fact that they turned they retcon Marcy Kane yeah. into an alien. And into the thing an is alien. she was created by Bill Mantel in the first place. Mm. But she was written as a human.
2: Yeah. She was a Spider-Man in, all, in uh, the Spider-Man story. And Yeah. And, and the, the, the,
0: having the hair problem where she bleached her hair yes. so much that you Yeah. Falling out, she's having to wear different hats and berets <laughs> and stuff, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh no, she's an alien.
2: She's an alien.
0: It was an act, you know. Yeah.
1: I hate that. I
0: hate well, that. Well, it's uh,
1: like with uh, uh, in FF when they retcon that um, uh, Johnny's wife. Like, I, I'm yeah. Blanking Alicia. at her name, Alicia was. I'm glad they did
2: that. Though. Was
1: a scroll. Yeah, yeah
0: I do that, that had already been done in Legion of Superheroes,
1: mm.
0: where where a uh, giant boy had uh, married Shrinking Violet, thinking it was Shrinking Violet. It was actually a Derlin <laughs> yeah. and they had kidnapped Shrinking Violet. And he actually stayed married to this gal, even though she was part of the plot that that kidnapped Shrinking Violet.
2: Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, because, well, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going off the topic a bit here, but. <laughs> still talking, still talking about this. Uh, I'm glad they retconned the one with Johnny and and Alicia, because that's one of the things Byrne did that I never, yeah, I I never liked that idea because I thought no way, I I just couldn't see Alicia ever hooking up with Johnny. Uh, for a start, I don't know what I don't know what age she's supposed to be, but right from the earliest days of Fantastic Four, I always saw Alicia as being older than Johnny anyway.
0: You're like uh, a, ben, a contemporary to Ben. Yeah, I would so think, like, yeah.
2: yeah, so like if Johnny was 15 when it first started, 15, 16, I, would, I saw Alicia as being about 20, 21, more of an adult Uh and so, yeah, I, I didn't think I could ever see that, especially after all the years she'd gone along with being Ben's sweetheart and everything. I couldn't see her falling for Johnny because he's still a bit of a, a naive boy, is Even though he's grown up a bit over the years, he's still a bit daft. <laughs>
0: yeah, now, when, when Byrne was doing Fantastic Four and around the time that... um Alicia and Johnny did get together.
2: Yeah.
0: Reed had his like 39th or 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. And so Ben is a contemporary of Reed. They, they're roughly the same age. Yeah. yeah. And so you got to figure that he's not going to sit there and shop in the junior section. That uh, Alicia is probably within just a few years of him. Maybe 35.
1: Yeah. I w- well, I would think Alicia is, say, 30. And Ben was, mm-hmm. say, 36. You know, he's because he was out of the military, so he was yeah. Say when FF started, FF one. He's thirty five, thirty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to your point, Johnny's probably, you know, fifteen, sixteen, but, but yeah. the same age as Spider Man. You know, yeah. At that time, mm-hmm. I would think. So, um, go ahead, uh, Nigel.
2: Oh, I was just going to say. So yeah, I never liked that 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 he put them together. So when I found I found out later I wasn't reading FF at the time, but when I found out that they'd retconned it and it was a scroll, I thought, oh thank God! <laughs> <laughs> so Alicia's still around somewhere, and then of course they went and they went and brought her back, didn't they? Eventually, yeah. And yeah, I there's thought, hey, <laughs> there's
1: always some way to 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 bring someone back.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. So they yeah. got her back from the. From from space, yeah, from the scrolls, and I was all, like, "Oh, great, good stuff," because I didn't like that setup. Uh, set up. But then, so he'd been shacking up with a scroll, Elijah, um, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and I, I think he'd sort of, he'd kind of fallen for her anyway by then. Yeah, he still had feelings for her, when, even when he knew she was a, an alien. Uh, yeah. Which they continued in the M C two universe, but which I quite liked. But I think I don't think she lasted long in the FF title after that.
1: I think they killed well, I think then they they wrote it that she had fallen with love with you know, she was supposed to like order to marry Johnny or something or infiltrate the FF. But she had fallen in love yeah. with Johnny for yeah. real. So that's why mm. she was kind of going against her orders and mm. I think they killed her off.
2: Yeah, I think they I I've never read those stories. Uh yeah, but I think I've read something about her yeah, getting killed off.
0: Married to a superhero? They're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 OK, let's let's take a look at the story itself, though, because the and, and this is the, the the beauty of what Claremont does. And, and just, you know, for the the listeners that, that are not aware, this is early enough in Byrne's career where he is not uh, contributing to the plot. He's getting full scripts from Claremont, full descriptions and all dialogue and everything um, at this point. So he, he is, for lack of better words, art robot um, in doing all this. But Claremont brings in a huge cast of characters uh, in his story. If he needs Jameson, he'll use Jameson. But in, in these stories, he uses Gene DeWolf of the of the police, uh, Raphael Scarfe, um, and if y'all don't know Raphael Scarf uh, very well, he was actually played by Frank Whaley in the uh, Daredevil uh, series the, the the Marvel TV series that was on Netflix I think he showed up in Daredevil and Iron Fist and maybe even Luke Cage mm-hmm. but uh, yeah and and so he was here basically backing up Jean de Wolf mm-hmm. um that's pretty much the only side characters that did get any, uh, any play, but they were used in both issues. Uh, this one, and the one before it.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, dear, I think Nigel mentioned that we had the previous issue. We had seen, they kind of laid the groundwork for Carol Danvers. Cause we saw her panel. to yeah, Her on the boat. Yeah. So yeah it wasn't like she
0: had a cameo. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: mm-hmm. And then that what we think like what we didn't discuss is the way this started was the super scroll had stolen uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was like a cavalry crystal. No, no, no. It was the thing no. that he trapped himself in. It was like a soul stick or something. It's
2: like a yeah, ready name to literally. Yeah, some
1: kind of a totem that would yeah. could supposedly steal your soul. And he tried to use it on Red Wolf and
2: Tigra.
1: Tigra. I guess in her, maybe Tigra's book or whatever book she was in. Anyway, it it kind of backfires and it sucks himself into it. And Tigra takes it and gives it to Reed because she doesn't know what to do with it. So he puts it in like a stasis pod in the Baxter building. Well, when Spider-Man was dealing with Equinox and the Wasp and Yellowjacket, I can't remember how some the fight wound up in the Baxter building and in the fight the thing gets knocked out of stasis and that's releases the scroll. Mm-hmm. So that's how the previous issue starts. The That battle's over and Spidey's waiting to talk to the FF and then he starts getting attacked, but he thinks is the FF yeah. and then Johnny shows yeah. up and he turns out, no, no, that's the, it's the super scrolls back. So that's when that fight, all that fighting happens. And then that bleeds right into this. So, uh, you know, the, the, the scroll was kind of taken off the, again, he was taken off the playing field. And now he's brought back. He's in these two issues, and he's taken off the playing field again because he's warped himself yeah. into into somewhere. He's I think he's circling the planet now in our radiation belt. But um, well,
0: he's going back and forth, right, between yeah. here and that, that satellite. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll learn more about that. If you to learn more about that, check out our <laughs> earlier episode. It was episode ten. Was
1: it? 10 no, or episode twenty four. There's Alpha 24. Flight ten. Yeah, with Alpha Flight, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that that's not spoilers. He, you know, we you find out how he, he does come back, but in that one, and that's a that's a great story. That's a little two parter. That's yes. a great story too. And it's got some good artwork. Um,
0: now my my knowledge of, of Super Scroll again is only from the burn books. Does his costume turn blue when he uses Mr. Fantastic's stretching power?
1: Not not always. I think that's not no. a consistent because he does turn blue in this one. Yeah. And he's mimicking Reed. But I think in other times, he just stretches mm. and doesn't yeah. turn. Um, because his whole costume doesn't mimic FF. It just it turns from kind of a maroon to blue. I guess mm. that's to show you that he's... Um, you no, know, because he, he's constantly, like his license. um, he's constantly got, um, the thing's hands, you know, that's the, he's yeah. punching you, which I, that's, and I love the way Byrne draws the combination of him using all four powers at once, rarely uses the force field, but it's usually, uh, flame hands, or sometimes he's even got his the hands look like the thing, but they're on fire. And he's stretching,
2: mm. so or oh, one of each, like one of Yeah, on page, yeah, he's, on he's page doing... twenty-three, yeah, bottom left panel, he's got a thing hand on the left, and his his right hand is stretching yep. towards Spider-Man, and it's got Johnny's flame he's hand flying. at the end. Yeah. He
0: never used the invisibility or the force fields, though, did he?
2: Not in this, no.
0: No, he or did, his uh... he did,
2: he did in the previous issue when he was beating up spider-man when he thought he was being attacked by the ff he did use right. sue's power uh, you know right. the invisibility power as well
1: he also has uh, like super hypnosis so he would do that, now, he can all hypnotize you. Have that though. yeah oh is that oh is that a but scroll yeah, power DIs. oh
0: it's okay. a scroll power yeah mm. interesting
1: uh now they have
0: a right crystal uh, looks suspiciously like the same crystal Christopher Reeve used in Superman. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, and Perry Caverite, if we're if we're pronouncing that right, is a name from H. G. Wells. It was some yeah. uh, something he created for anti-gravity material or something.
0: That's how he traveled to, travel to, to the moon, uh I think. was it the moon or was it Mars? I
1: think it was the moon. And yeah, and what we didn't mention was he wants the crystal because he wants to escape yep. Earth. He wants to yep. get back to the throw, uh, the scroll homeworld. So he thinks with this crystal he can create a spaceship, and then he will power it, and he will be able to get home. And it's more than he's bargained for with the. It's case basically kind of like a dilithium crystal is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I love the, you know, it's difficult for them to portray um, a blade uh, going into skin or something sharp going into skin. And I think that's comic Code Authority is the reason why. Because she throws that crystal and it embeds in his chest. Like basically she stabbed him in the chest with that, you know. But they can never really represent it. So when when it hits and it does that fuck sound yeah. and then she has Spidey turn on the juice, the next image you see, you can't tell that it's actually stuck in his chest. You just mm. see it like it's sitting there in front of it with all the energy. And then when it goes into that negative space, one with everything, the only other person that knows what Jason Wingard felt uh, kind of moment there.
1: Well, it's uh... a... It looks yeah, like eternity. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. With uh, just like Kirby crackle and and just and just you know he's become. Uh, it's a, it's actually it's a great looking picture. It's just the outline of the scroll. Yeah. Um, it's the best image in
0: the whole book, actually.
1: In uh, my opinion. That's my image. opinion. I, I think. what is another one. I think. Um, well, I like the splash page. Where the Skull is <clears throat> oh, yeah. backhanding a locomotive uh, with a big thum. That is, uh, that's a great shot. And the shot where Miss Marvel is, is punching him and she calls him, um, you know, uh, when she's transforming yeah, and yeah. she gives him a good, when he turns his head around, just really just, it's got a great kapow for she's punching out. him. Crack oh. out, yeah.
2: Crack out. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's and good. And then, and and the page, the page opposite of that, middle panel, left side. Looks like she's hitting the below the belt, um, with a big chappow. Oh yeah. Yeah, because she she mentions that she's inherited, uh, what she calls a soul deep hatred for scrolls, meaning yeah. you know she's inherited that scree hatred for the scrolls.
0: Yeah, and she's actually causing him some, some physical pain. The next page yeah. over where she he's still stretching like Mr. Fantastic. she hits him in the gut and yeah. the look on his face is the same look I give when Dr. Cole checks my prostate. <laughs> I think he was trying to touch my <laughs> uvula. But <laughs> yeah, she
2: gives him some couple of good whacks.
0: Yep. yep. Shock.
2: Tham. Yeah.
1: Well it's mentioned in this later on um she's fighting him. And they've kind of, they've already interf- they've already kind of set up this, uh, this uh, transmission barrier to block his power ray. She speculates that, uh, that um, after years of exposure to the broadcast beam, must have transformed most of his artificial powers into real ones. So even mm-hmm. without the ray, he still has some level of the FF's powers. So that was interesting. He's kind of mutated, I guess. I don't know if that's ever revealed later.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know about that. The one thing that got me here that was kind of funny is that same page where she punches him in the gut. The very last panel shows that he has given her such a punch that she's gone flying through the hull of the vessel, mm-hmm. and she's headed towards the the Statue of Liberty. And she thinks that the 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 hit the hitting the Statue of Liberty is going to cause her more damage. Than what she would have experienced leaving the hull of the vessel, and I just don't think that's possible. That would have been the worst part of it, wouldn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I would think that. Yeah, that's the least of her. She can survive that blow. To, yeah, to send her flying. I don't know how far. I don't know how close they are to the the, the statue, but close enough that Claire, Spidey can. Claremont scripting. Yeah, that Spidey can grab her with a with a web line, to yeah. uh, and stop her, but.
0: And not worry
1: about uh, whiplash. Well, no, but he talks about <laughs> being a fun dollar because it's stretching him. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say Claremont. I like the the scrolls dialogue because it's a kind of over the top, almost doom like uh, dialogue that Bird would 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 do when he's writing Doom. That was so wonderful. And Spidey's mm-hmm. quips are fun. They yeah. he, he does capture Spider Man pretty well in yes. this.
0: Um, yeah, scroll I, I've just, always liked Erman Spider Man. Not not uh, not a bad job writing writing
1: Peter Parker. No, yeah. he gets him. And this is not overly wordy. It's uh, it's it's actually a pretty quick read. As much dialogue as is going on in it. Um, well, that's
0: because he got to put in his entire script. Yeah, it's not like,
1: and and this is the thing, you know, when
0: when. Burn would sit there and do the, the the plot and the artwork. Claremont then felt like he had to fill up as much in there as possible with dialogue because he didn't get to write the script in the first place. So it's this is you know no no need to compensate here.
1: <laughs> well, you and you've you've talked about this before that Burn refers to in certain jobs where he's the art robot, but yeah. that was. Even at this time, that was kind of standard for, you know, not a lot of artists had input. They would draw right. what was in the script, what was given to them. They weren't necessarily, they might suggest things, but that kind of collaboration was rare when you had an artist and kind of plotting together and and working on it in tandem. So, well, the,
0: the Marvel House style, the, the, you know, what Stan and Jack and Stan and Steve did, you know, um, basically, it was almost to the point where Jack and Steve would sit there and just create the whole story. And Stan would just look at it based on their notes and try to fill it in with dialogue. And, you know, th- this is you know definitely the writer getting a bit more power because he's coming up with the full plot. He's giving them a full script with descriptions of everything that's supposed to happen. And you know, Burns just gets started to to draw that. Um, a lot of the Marvel style, still by a lot of different writers, was done. You know, the Stan and Jack way. So this is actually a bit more DC in method.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure the I'm sure the Marvel method was was out of necessity because that was a quicker process. Stan yeah. could give a, a, an outline. And then he could write lots and lots of outlines, hand them off to the artist they wrote, and then he goes back and he just fills in the bubbles. And that's quicker than writing all of it down with descriptions and handing it over to someone. Exactly. Um, so that also gave, at that point, gave the artist a little more leeway to do what they wanted to. They were going to kind of <laughs> draw it the way they thought it would do, and Stan would fill in, um, fill in all the, the dialogue as he thought felt would, would fit what the person had drawn. So, uh, I want to ask: Are you guys reading this? Um, who's actually are, Nigel? Are you reading an actual physical copy? Yes. Yeah. On your page seventeen, is there coloring mistakes with Spider-Man's eyes? Are they colored red.
0: So what's on page seventeen? Oh, yeah, next to 17. the last panel.
2: Yeah. Oh well, no, uh, all I of that. Yes, yeah, yeah that his eyes, his eyes are red instead yeah. of white. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Which that page is that? 17? Seventeen. I mean, I mean, but what's on the page? Oh, uh, um... when Buddy's on, kind it. of taunting him, and he shoots uh, the skull in the face with webbing, and he's leading him into the the interior of the boat. It's the page right before Carol Danvers is is stringing her uh, wiring. Okay. Uh, let's
0: see.
1: It's a six-panel. So that
0: page. Okay, so that page there. Now his eyes are all white. Now I'm reading uh, the Kindle of the trade paperback.
1: They must have fixed it. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm.
0: And but I've got the uh, the uh, what you're talking about right there. And yeah, it's the whole of Spider-Man's costume. that's red. Is just all red.
1: Yeah. Yep. And the previous page, on mine is page 15. The top panel, yeah. when, when Carol is punching the Super Scroll, right below his arm is all colored blue instead of white. Oh, to be, yeah. The, uh, to be the background. <laughs> yeah. So, Wait, well, you're, you're
0: talking about
1: page 15? 15. Page 15, upper panel, where she's <laughs> punching him with no, a shot. have never
2: ring. noticed that before, yeah.
0: Where, where is it? Oh, oh, okay, yeah,
1: yeah, under his yeah. arm, yeah, and
0: where the motion lines are coming in there, yeah, right, yep, <laughs> good catch.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's just to your point of there is some, um, like on page fourteen, when you see him when he is stretching, you see it kind of changing from the maroon to blue mm, to blue, yeah. Yeah. yeah, to Fantastic Four blue, right? Mm. Yeah, yep. Which I think i think if I'd had to look but in the uh the alpha flight issue i don't think burn does that i think of course he didn't color this it's the color that chooses right. that i think it's just it's just his costume you know changes mm-hmm. and then if he's on fire he looks like you know the human torch um yeah actually and- i'd not i'd
2: not noticed till i read this again about the uh the way his costume turned blue when he does Reed Richard's stretching, because I yeah. thought, I'm sure I'm sure that's not usual. He, he can just stretch anyway, and his costume doesn't change color. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and on that page 15 again, the Cavorite crystal all of a sudden has more facets and is shorter. In fact, one side of it looks like a pencil has been sharpened.
2: Oh, when too it's too. on the floor.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> looks shorter.
0: Yeah. And, and a lot more facets or a lot yeah. more, yeah. yeah. It's more of a baguette. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the, you don't really see it. You see a little bit on page 10 when he's got the, mm. when he's broken into the cab and he's oh, got goodness. this clay figure that he's scanning to see that it's the crystal inside it. The scanner he's got, you see it better at the previous issues, so it doesn't really apply here, but it looks suspiciously like the um, communicators for Space 1999, the ones that had the little TV screens on them. Yeah. And that show would have already been out. So it looks a lot like um, those little comm devices that they had. Yeah. Um, there's some nice use of Zipatone in here, too. The page six when the beam is and coming Kirby down. Kirby Crackle. Lots of Kirby Crackle. Um, but, you know, that the shot on page three where the, the satellite is beaming uh, the power. And then on page six where it's hitting the high wires. And you see it causing them to glow white. You see that it's a nice zipitone panel there. I think he uses it again somewhere else. But it's just I love this artwork and this um it's a you know it's it's got what you want in a comic book. A lot of a lot yeah. of action, a lot of mm. um um a mm. lot of punching. I mean
2: yeah, for the for the forty six year old comic, which is is uh it's uh, it's not really aged at all, has it? No, you can still no. read it like now if you'd never read it before and you won't be thinking, oh, God, you know. <laughs> it, it, it still stands yeah. up. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, uh, that I, this thing, uh, you can tell, especially on the last page, how early this is in Byrne's career because he still doesn't have his anatomy down perfectly. And I used the uh, the image on the last page, the last panel
2: That's what, yeah, I of, of,
0: of her like yeah. midsection and all that. Just it's not, you know, it, it, as Byrne later learns to draw it, which uh, he becomes very adept at. Mm. Um, it's just like I said, it's pretty early. in his it's career. It's not bad though, is it? It's no, no, it's bad. not bad. I've seen
2: worse. <laughs> yeah, and it's, not,
0: uh, it's not bad at all. But he's just he's just learning and he hasn't quite figured that yeah. out.
2: His faces are still a little bit basic, Yeah, women's faces. And I notice in this, every time he's drawing her with her mouth open a lot, and it's just plain white inside.
1: Yeah, he doesn't give her teeth.
2: We don't get any teeth in mouth Um, structure. It's just an open white space.
1: And yeah, I that's guess, pretty much any
0: any image of her a with bit her mouth. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah
0: he he, that's he, he not does. Her, no. That's that's. Look, no,
2: look. that's. Yeah, and it's it's the style of that time, I guess, with a lot of artists. Well, I
0: mean, yeah, her, I never noticed that Her have mouth any is. Dots in
1: her eyes or anything either. Mm-mm. No, yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty big domino mass, too. It's it uh, covers yeah. a lot of her face. Um talk about stuff that hasn't aged, um, one thing that has aged is her hairstyle. Um mm. very seventies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Feathered hair, yeah. It's a very uh but that just goes Gene
0: wolf's is a bit more universal.
1: Yeah, that, that could pass for for mm. now. And which is weird because look at Gene DeWolf, she's got a much more Refined lips, as in they're different. They're shaded darker than the rest of her yeah. face, and she's got yeah. teeth, or a or head of yeah. teeth. Mm. And Miss Marvel's got that kind of her her lips are the same shade as her face. You know, it's just that flesh tone. Yeah. Um, but she does a better job of it when she's wearing her glasses in page eleven, where she kind of is seeing the scroll, and she hasn't changed yet. Um, yeah. Which is odd that she's got different hair. Her hair is much longer. Yeah, her
2: hair is longer. As, when
1: as she's old. Carol Danvers.
0: Now, she does an instant change. So whatever it is, it's like, I, I guess it puts her hair in a uh, in a bun, and then that different hair shows up. Or puts her hair in like a skull cap. But yeah, her costume and everything, it's like a, an instant change. She just has to do something to Wonder Woman into, uh, into, <laughs> yeah. into being, yeah.
2: Yeah. Spinning around.
1: Yeah. Well apparently the her um her costume was created by the what you call it brought in the psycho mag- magnetron. Yeah. That thing. Whatever it implanted her with these memories and powers, I think it created her costume based on Captain Marvel's costume to I think it said to aid with her transformation. So that's why it looks similar. To hers. Mm-hmm. Um except she does have these two kind of a it's not a cape, it's a it's not a scarf. I don't know what it is. It's like a scarf. She got these two long uh pieces that hang off the back. that yeah. I would think it'd be a detriment in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's
2: escape. Yeah, it's a it's cross something. between a scarf yeah. and a cape. Yeah.
1: That's right. That's what it looks like. It's escape. Um,
2: yeah, and yeah, they, that would be the sort of thing that would get caught on something. Yep.
1: We know yeah, anything the from the villain, incredible villains yeah. could
2: get hold of it. Yeah. Yeah. Reel her in with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that costume uh, wouldn't. I,
2: yeah.
1: I did want to talk. We didn't, we didn't really talk about it, but the cover, which is not Burn is mm-hmm. Gil Kane, uh, and I. This is not a. Like the cover does not do the inside artwork justice, <clears throat> and I, I'm yes. a big um, Gil Kane fan. I love Gil Kane, but so I. this is not a very good. Uh, it's a kind of by the numbers, kind of mundane. It's not super mm-hmm. dynamic. I mean, you get this. The scroll doesn't look that great. Um, his, you know, he's grabbing Miss Marvel and Spidey's swinging in, and he's on. Uh, it looks like a lifeboat, and, it, and I never noticed that it says yeah. QE2 on the lifeboat. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: But the inside artist okay. is fantastic.
0: Yeah, well, at least they got the coloring the same way. They got that Mr. Fantastic color on the arm as it's stretching right. uh, yeah. uh, right. on the Super Scroll.
1: And that may be sure. a. Maybe but that's is the... that
0: how the QE2 looks, wood wood planking and all that. It looks like the minnow from Gilligan's Island, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it I looks don't... a bit of a basic uh, lifeboat. That one,
0: mm. yeah. Now, of course, the, the QE2 has been retired now since what does,
1: 2008? Yeah. 2008, yeah. Yeah. Something, yeah. That's the one that sure. was, uh, um, no, that was the thing, the QE1, I guess, that was parked. Either outside Long Beach or outside LA for so long. And whenever mm. they needed to film a boat for a TV show or something, they always filmed on the dock <laughs> boat. Is that where they filmed the love boat? No, no. That was an actual um, that's a, um, boat. Princess Cruise Line. Yeah, they filmed on. But you see that, like Columbo was a scene where Columbo is on a boat and that's filmed there. There's this Night Stalker that's filmed on that. Um, uh, I think it's still there.
0: Escape Escape from Planet of the Apes, maybe? Didn't they
1: Uh but that was a much smaller boat. That was oh, like okay. a boat yard. That was a much yeah. smaller boat. It wasn't uh... It's been a
0: long time since I've seen that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like that was almost like a derelict boat they're on in that movie. Um Well, uh guess do, do want to any... grade
0: it? I mean we we had been grading stuff. I don't know if you guys have been grading any other other shows don't recall, uh, can, but uh, we
1: can grade it. We don't normally grade it, but yeah, we can.
0: We can ever uh, since that, that little guest spot that we did on Back to the Bins, I kind of like the idea of grading it, you know. Yeah,
2: I've always yeah. liked that idea. That's what yeah. I like. Yeah, I like we to can, listen to the Back to the Bins and the grading.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we can. I, I have no problem with uh, with grading it. I don't want right, to, as, as long as we give, as long as we give guys. What? As long as we get back to the bends, all the credit. That we're, oh yeah, you know, they,
0: they get they get all the credit on that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and I'll go first to give you guys a moment to steal yourselves and and think about it. Um, <laughs> for the cover, I'll give the cover a C, because I, I mean, number one, it's got yellow on it, and yellow is just like death for covers, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. And then it's uh, it, it is Gil cane, but it is very quick and dirty Gil cane as far as I can tell. Um, so I wasn't totally pressed so C, C minus on that the story I'll give um, an A for and I, I just got to say that in taking his stories from one to the next without seeming so contrived uh, you know, the, the bringing Carol through the cameo in the previous one, Johnny having to bow out due to injuries and all that was really good and the story just kept going Um, and it didn't have you know what I would call huge plot device that was obvious we didn't get hit over the head with anything so very well crafted story I thought uh, and the resolution was really really cool Uh, the art I will give uh, an A minus two and it just it is beautiful burn art. It is right from that that early area. I just think that the inking um, now, when Dave Hunt does ink burn, his figure inks are just wonderful. He he keeps burn on model. He doesn't you know he he you always know it's burn when Dave Hunt is inking. But Burns pencils were so tight in this era that. It, it's almost like Dave just ignored a lot of that on the uh, the outer details, and uh, didn't didn't uh, didn't keep a lot of stuff in. I mean, it's almost like Benny Coletta erasing stuff. So, I mean, and that's just on the background inks. The figure inks uh, are fine. So, I, I give the art an A minus, just for that. That'd be for Dave Hunt.
1: All right. That's overall. What about a
0: That's a B plus. B plus. Yeah, the the you get the C minus and the one thing, but A and A minus there, so B plus B overall.
1: All right. Nigel, you go next.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, the cover. Yeah.
2: uh, Yeah. uh, As as you say, I'll give that. It's not. It's not the best skill cane cover, but it's adequate, and it tells us what's going to be happening more or less in the story. Um. So, yeah, it does its job. So, yeah, I'll give that. I
0: give that a C. C Wait, even the with kid. the QE two looking the way it does. Well, it's only <laughs> okay. a lifeboat though. That. Oh, that's a lifeboat.
1: Okay. That's a lifeboat.
2: Yeah, it's a I lifeboat. I think. Okay. But, so, I. I mean, yeah, it looks like it's a little bit of an old lifeboat for the actual time, but yeah, I can forgive that, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'll give that a C. The cover, the the story, as you said, Brian, it, it's quite well done, follows on from the previous uh issue very nicely, and keep the momentum going. Um, so i I give the story an A, I think, if there's anything. If there's anything that's a bit disappointing about the story is just that it it ends too quickly. Yeah, but <laughs> I suppose they can't go on forever. Yeah, they had to wrap it up in this issue. So yeah, I give the story an A. And the artwork, yeah, I love it. Burn, burn art, and as you say, it's inked pretty well. I see what you mean though now about the yeah the background. Backgrounds are sometimes a little simple.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, they... I'll tell you this also. Sure. Um, I, I read this from a, a Kindle copy of the story, and yeah. I've got a physical copy, and then of course, I've got a scanned image yeah. of, of that. And the scanned image, uh, aside from being, you know, just obvious scanned image. Has a better texture to it, mm. and the colors not being so vibrant as they are mm. in a, uh, a a digital copy, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, like like the my, my my Kindle copy. It makes it look better. I, I had the yeah. same thing with yeah. the Champions books. Then, Um, so, mm. yeah,
2: yeah. But I think I think I've, I'll give the I think I'll still give the artwork in A as well. So the story and the art is A. Uh, as I said the cover the cover would bring it down a little if I was being really precise, but I don't want the cover to uh cause the score overall score to go too low because it's only it's only the cover as it were uh, right. i know I know some people say that's very important with the selling aspect but so overall, I'd give it an a minus.
1: All right. Yeah. My, uh, I'm going to kind of mirror what you guys have already said um, I agree the cover is not uh, it, to me nothing about it says Gil Kane I would never guess that's Gil Kane from looking at it if I didn't look it up there's a it's not particularly dynamic I mean, it, might, it might maybe pick it up because it's if it was Spidey and it's got Ms. Marvel and the mm-hmm. Super Scroll but it's just barely doing its job with that um it looks almost like Spidey was drawn and then uh superimposed in there. He doesn't almost seem to be connected to the scroll and Miss Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. inside art I'm gonna give it um solid A. I think it's um uh, it's easy to follow, it's dynamic, it's uh it's got a lot of great action scenes. Um the scroll is done. He kind of if you can choose scenery by just being a, comic character he's doing it because he is when he's gleeful he's very gleeful and when he's trying to be menacing he is really is just like I said showing you scenery so we're getting an A for that and then the story I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give an A too because I agree with you Brian that it does carry on uh, it, it fits seamlessly with the previous issue and it it does a job that if I was reading this off the rack I might want to pick up Miss Marvel's book because I'm kind of intrigued by what's going on with her through this last page. So then I might pick up her book, which was, you know, which would be kind of a, I think the idea is that to, to get us to jump onto the book. So it let me get the... would
0: never have been an option for me to be able to buy her book back in the day. I mean, Marvel team up showed up on my convenience store racks in the drugstore racks. It showed up in any, any place that you went to buy a comic book. But the Miss Marvel book never ever saw it, except in back issues years later. I don't know where you would find it if you'd have to go to the newsstand or what.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was more of a direct market book or because at this I wasn't buying books off the rack at this time. So,
0: uh, same thing with that supervillain series. I never ever saw those on the shelves.
1: Well, it just depends on like, yeah, 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 and the the only reason why I have any Miss Marvel is I have, which is odd. I have the very next issue that they reference in this, which is like issue eight. I have like five or six copies of that because I was at a convention and I had read an article about a guy that would take um and it had to do with John Byrne. He would take comic um, panel or covers, cut them up. And make them like a 3D, like a shadow box version of it. So he would cut up the same cover and and put multiple layers and make it like it's got depth. And he did one, uh, he did one for Burn that he traded for original artwork. And I thought, ooh, I could do that. So I was looking for a cheap book, and I happened to find five or six copies of this. And it's the 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 image of her book is that she's being she's being like strangled. By these two big hands off panel, so I own five copies of that because I was going to cut it up and make a shadow box out, which I never did. So I'm sitting on five copies of Miss Marvel uh, number eight.
0: Oh, wow! So, Could have been worse. Could have been Dazzler number one. well huh? it's
1: true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, so I guess my overall is kind of like I guess same as yours, Brian. It's about a B plus. So this is. Um, if you like the Super Scroll, then this is definitely a must read. If you like Burn, it's a must read. Uh, if, you just like a, if you like Spidey, it's a must read. So I think if you just like a good story uh, and good artwork, it moves fast. It's easy to tell what's going on. It's very laid out very well. And I think this is a. Um, and a you know read. what?
0: Anybody can read this story too. It doesn't matter if you're six years old or 60 years old. You can read this and get enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of modern books, you know, the average reader's age right now is 32 years old. And I mean the stories are written with such adult themes and such these days that the the children that you need to hook early <laughs> are you know have got nothing to look at, nothing to look for. Well
1: and, and also you don't have to necessarily know anything about Miss Marvel exactly. or the super scroll. Uh, or even Spider Man. I mean, you, I would assume you know something about one of the characters you're reading this, but um, you know, you can jump in and you get enough information that you can enjoy the story, and you might want to go and search out the other the issues they're in. Um, so, yeah, it's good. Cool. I just want to see more Super Scroll. <laughs> I, I, I love John Byrne drawing the Super Scroll. Um, yeah. He does return to him. As we said in Alpha Flight, and he does return to him in other books. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily just a character he likes to bring in and use or what his kind of um, attraction to it is. You know, he does bring characters back that he likes from time to time. And maybe it's his affiliation with the FF. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, know. and again, you know, when he was on the FF, he didn't really get to bring in a whole lot of the FF staple of villains. I mean he never brought the 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 super scroll. He had one story with uh, no two stories with the scrolls, but I think that was you know the the milk adventure and then the um, the one where they used that uh, bomb that that froze them all in their thing that was an angle that we did that was a crossover with uh, crossover, back to yeah. Yeah. And the uh,
2: and the and the galactus eating the scroll home. Yeah, the
0: yeah, the galactus thing. Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: There was another angle he wrote that was the Kree and the Scroll, but that was, he just wrote it. I think Mark Bright did the uh,
1: artwork in that one. Is that the one that tells the story of the, the, the Kree, Kree and the, the Scroll, scroll the in
0: the blue area? Yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: it's the yeah, one, it's uh, Black Bolt and Medusa's wedding, I think.
1: Yeah, he didn't, uh, I think Byrne kind of wanted to do his, uh, instead of just revisiting the past, he kind of wanted to do his own thing. He was doing, yeah, FF. but
0: still, I mean, you, you know, when you look at his it, Fantastic Four, we did get what one issue of Blastar, one mm. issue of Annihilus. Mm. Um, but you know, I mean, we never got a Frightful Four, which no. uh, did That's the clear. wizard yeah. never even showed mm. up in, mm. in Fantastic Four during no. that run?
1: You got Galactus, and, you got lots of Doom, he loved playing with Doom.
0: You, you had one, one small vignette with Pace Pot Pete.
1: yeah Yeah. but that's a great story that's a great story weren't there
2: yeah uh two issues There were two annihil well no i mean two separate stories there's the one where they were in the negative zone and annihilus came through to the baxter building and was terrorizing alicia and franklin yeah and then much later towards the end of his run uh, annihilus was in again the one with blast
0: For some reason my mind just seems to push those two together. Like mm. it all was one story. Well, there's line. two
2: there's two separate Annihilus yeah. stories, yeah. But yeah, no
0: no Frightful Four. No Molecule Man.
1: No. And have Yeah no but the molecule, molecule man on. wasn't really he was no, kind impossible. of off no no, he didn't no, do no, no, I didn't bring it. No, he didn't bring in the uh uh there's the the not the impossible man, but it's the it's the, the story where Doom had jumped to another body and he shows up as uh has got uh yeah. oh I can't think of the character's name. He's his face is covered, he's kind of in purple and yellow, got glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: uh, yeah. The one that was originally Sue and Johnny's father. Father, correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow, man? Tomorrow, man? Now I got to go look. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we got anything else? We have anything else on this?
0: I I think we've covered it pretty well. Mm. Yeah. And if anything, we've inspired people to... uh, Go out there and, and and seek out some super yeah. scroll story. Oh wow. I got it on the first try. Fantastic four two eighty seven. Isn't that the one where he comes back, the woman's sitting there worried about her husband?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The invincible man. Invincible
2: man. Oh, there we go.
0: Yeah, you'd have to be invincible though to wear those <laughs> colors around. <laughs>
1: Well, Brian, you want to tell everybody how they can uh, get a hold of us? They want to you know, leave us oh some my comments? Oh, or...
0: gosh. We, there, there are so many ways you can get a hold of us. The, the obvious way, of course, is to talk to us on our Facebook page. Uh, in, in the post about this episode, tell us what you think. We'd like to hear what you uh, what you think. But if you like uh, to do it sort of the old-fashioned way, you can email us. Got to get burned at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes. Uh, I really would like to get a review out there. Um, I don't think we have any new email right now. Uh, uh, but there are, there are still other ways. You can you can reach us on Discord. And uh, there's supposed to be a way to reach us on our own website, but uh, I have not seen how that works yet.
1: Yeah, you're supposed to be able to leave comments on this YouTube Freak site, but I don't. Again, but really F-
0: Facebook is is the yeah. easiest way to sit there and uh, get to us. you can go in there or you can you know you can message us you can uh, you can start a chat up in there if you want to And that's but it the, will invite everybody into
1: it <laughs> And that's the, the usually the best place to uh, that's where we post our show so it's usually the best place to find out when new episodes are coming in. that's where we'll post mm-hmm. them and then Brian shares them and, about. Um, yep,
0: and Tim is is real good about giving you know a couple hints about what's coming up
1: yeah, next. I try to I try to promote some stuff. I've done that.
0: Um, now we've got other stuff that's coming down the wire. Of course, uh, continuing coverage of uh, Namor mm-hmm, is right. coming up. Yeah, uh, what's the other coverage that's coming out? That's uh, X Men Hidden X-Men Years. years. Yeah. And uh, John and I have got a, a couple ideas in the fire right now that we're sitting there just kind of cooking at and letting uh, letting ferment. So probably early next year, you'll start seeing some stuff from John and me. And um, then uh, I, I'm actually going to do a little side project with Scott Gardner we've been talking about for a while, uh, not related to John Byrne, uh, more of a Jim Starlin thing. Okay. And then Tim and I uh, have uh, plans to do a commentary coming up real soon. I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to do it.
1: That might be. And I've got something in the works with Kirk. Uh, we have talked about watching Wakanda forever and just not doing a commentary, but just coming out and talking about it. To talk about Because we've been covering Namor, we'll talk about his first live action role. So we're gonna discuss, you know, quite a quick 30-minute show about how we felt neighbor was brought into the MCU and how we thought he was portrayed. I have a few thoughts on that subject. Yeah, yeah so that'll
2: be
0: interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because I don't think Kirk has seen the film. So I'm interested in to see what he says about it. All right. Well, if we have uh, nothing else, I think we can we can wrap up. I wanna as always, I want to thank Brian for coming back. Uh, like I said, he's been missed, and it's nice to, to get his input and hear his voice. As always, Nigel, um, you're welcome, and it's always nice to have you on the show. Our our thank you. our burn fan in Japan, Japan as he calls I himself. Enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. Um, and I look forward to your continued coverage with John. And uh, we need to get now. We just need to get Dave back on. Dave hasn't been on in quite a while, but. Yeah. He's got kids, so I know it's busy. Well, okay. Well, so for, uh, I think we can wrap up. So for Third Degree Burn, I am Tim Elliott. I'm Brian Hughes.
2: And I'm Nigel Sping.
1: And you're not. (laughs) Thanks for listening. This creep copied all the Fantastic Four's powers. Mr. Fantastic's stretchability, the Thing's tremendous strength, Sue Richard's ability to turn invisible, and the Human Torch, biggest hothead of the bunch. Super Skrull can mimic them all. Thanks for listening.
0: Just wanna watch the world burn.